Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life, because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today is my final episode of season one, the quarantine edition. I've been listening to these episodes over the last couple of weeks, and I have to say it's been really interesting to go back and listen to my guests and I when we were in serious lockdown mode. You know, this season really does represent that time in history, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. So without further ado, my guest today is Aria Finger. Aria is the CEO of DoSomething.org, the largest tech company exclusively for young people and social change, with over 5 million members in 131 countries. In 2013, she founded Do Something Strategic, a consultancy that helps brand create purpose-driven relationships with their consumers which has brought in over $10 million for Do Something to date. Aria calls herself, and others refer to her as the chief old person, which kind of cracks me up given how much younger she is than I am, but Do Something is made up of many millennials and Gen Z. Aria graduated from Washington University in St. Louis. She serves as an adjunct professor at NYU and was named a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader in 2016. And last, but certainly not least, Aria lives in Brooklyn with her husband and two adorable sons, Luke and Sawyer. Welcome to the show, Aria. Thanks. It's great to be here. So I want to say, we before we started the show, Aria and I were just talking about Instagram and, and when people post and what that's really saying or not saying. But I did see the cutest photo of you where you were sitting on your couch with your computer. You know, my kids are much older and I was just... I, I love this photo with your son. His body was facing you and he was in a full on snuggle. And all I could think was, how are you running this company from your living room? Yes, I wonder that all the time. And so, you know, I think before you answer that question, it's like you have to acknowledge, you know, I have a job. I am so lucky. I have my health. I have all of these things. And then, I have a job. My husband actually works for the New York City Department of Health. Uh, so he has a job. <laughs> and uh, having a four-year-old and a two-year-old, um, I, you know, I won't lie. There is a lot of Frozen in our house. There is a lot of PJ Masks. There is a lot of TV shows. And there is trading off between naps and conference calls. And uh, when we moved into our current apartment, we didn't realize that it really only has one good door. And that wasn't an issue until the pandemic began. So uh, if you hear some screaming or running, um, it's my two and four-year-old just just getting some, some crazies out. All right. Well, this is, you know, my work's about bringing your human to work. So the more the, more the merrier. So one of the things that I've learned in my career in, in thinking about these issues is that honoring relationships is is good for business. And when I think about honoring relationships, it's honoring relationships with with your colleagues, your board members, your customers, your members, but also honoring your relationship with yourself, which I think is quarantine in quarantine, easier said than done sometimes. So I would love to start off by hearing from you, you know, how you think about your relationships and how they've impacted your success. Relationships are everything. I was just talking about this the other day. Um, 
there's no way I would have survived. Of course, I love my husband and he has gotten me through, but without my three best girlfriends, you know, they were there when I needed to drink wine and complain. They're there when you say like, oh, you should get that promotion, like go for it. You know, they're your biggest fan. And, um, you know, I've been texting like crazy uh, with all of my friends, of course, and zooming like crazy to stay in touch. And it's just more important than ever now, as you said, like, we don't want to feel disconnected now. Like now is the time to feel more connected than ever because we're all going through this unbelievable time. And so, yeah, I think mostly it is my good girlfriends who just have, have my best interest in heart. And I'm so lucky that they're always standing up for me and they have gotten me where I need to be in my career and my personal life. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, someone asked me the other day, you know, what's going to be the first thing you're going to do after quarantine. And the last thing I'm thinking about right now is, is travel and doing these things. I just want to see my friends and actually give them a hug and have another family over, over for dinner. So I, I, I relate to that very much. You know, what about your relationship with yourself and trying to find time for you? You know, I would even think pre, pre COVID-19, you know, was that something that that you were intentional about doing? Probably not as intentional as I should. I have to admit one of the things that, that I guiltily texted a friend the other day was that I miss business travel. <laughs> because when you're a working mom, sometimes business travel is the only time you have that run that you have been missing or you get to eat dinner alone with a, again. Like, and so I think that that actually afforded me that option. And now some of that's gone out the window, but I will say like, I am very, I am crazy about getting my steps. And so when some folks get put a meeting on my calendar, I'll just slack them and say, Hey, this is going to be a walk and talk. I'm going to be walking around the neighborhood. I hope that's okay. But like, I need that time. And right now it's going to have to be multitasking because there's no time for runs and walks and, and exercise like there used to be. Right. Well, I love that. One of the things that I often ask people is, when we think about prioritizing or honoring relationships, does your calendar reflect your values and what's important to you? And what I hear you saying is that you know that getting in those steps is important to you. And so you're willing to say, look, we're not, I'm not going to zoom right now. I'm actually just going to put it, well, I'm going to listen in, but I'm going to get in, in my steps and, and really putting out there what, what you need. And one of the, I love that because I think as a leader, no one else is going to do that unless leaders begin, you know, really, really lead by example and, and walking the walk on that. So I, and have you been able to get the, mostly the, the steps in, in the quarantine? Mostly been able to get it in. So, and I think, you know, we, we sent out, there was this um, sort of workers bill of rights or coworkers bill of rights that we saw that was, was really smart. And it was, you know, zoom is great, but if a coworker says, I need to be off Zoom for the next hour. You say, okay, cool. That totally works. If something can be done via email, especially for working moms and dads, where like a 9 p.m. email is much easier than a scheduled Zoom, which might, you know, interfere with nap time, you know, how do we adjust our compassion and empathy for our coworkers during this new time in ways that can make it much easier for folks who might not be able to just do the normal, you know, nine to five, whatever it is. Right. And, and that's exactly it. When, that's the ex when I think about honoring relationships, it is exactly that. And so what about as a leader and honoring relationships with your senior team or all the people? I've been to your office many times and you have a very strong in-person culture. 
there were not many people working remotely. And, and I love coming into your office and there's such an, a palpable energy when you walk through the door. And so how, how are you honoring relationships with everyone that you work with right now? So I think the lucky thing is we're, we're doing great because we had that strong connection and that strong culture built. I think what's harder is for new folks. You know, we had two folks start the week of quarantine and they have never been to the office or they've never, you know, been a piece of that. And of course you can recreate some of this remotely. And there's companies who've been working all remote for years and doing an excellent job. Um, but I do think that to your point, especially for us, because we had such an in-person culture, um, we try to figure out how we can transition in the most seamless way possible. And I have to admit, staff meeting, and you've been to our staff meetings, it's where all, you know, 65 of us get together and people make announcements. It's, it's where people announce that they've been engaged or, you know, just fun stuff. Now transitioning it to video, we make sure to utilize the heck out of the chat. So there's a constant, you know, our head of people, Savasti, you know, presents and we go, Savasti 2020 for president on the chat. Like there's ways that we can sort of change that weekly staff meeting into its own special culture building time with the tools we have at hand. And so we're trying to do that as much as possible while also recognizing that back pre-COVID, a coffee date with a coworker not only was, you know, maybe good for your mental health or you were meeting with a senior leader, you also got your steps in, you also got your coffee, whereas now a 30-minute video call can provide some of those things, but often feels like a burden instead of a break. And so figuring out which of those traditions can be shifted and which shouldn't be, because again, they become a burden instead of a break. Agree. And right. And we have to be intentional. It's one of the reasons why I call the podcast left to our own devices. We're not connecting that if we just decide to move everything to zoom, it almost defeats the purpose. And we become, we start to feel less connected versus saying, let's really go all in on, on certain times that we connect and then making sure that we also put technology in its place and, and disconnect and, and get off. So I love that. And I think, again, it goes back to, to leadership and almost those, those bill of rights saying, how can we think about, and it's going to be evolving um, as this pandemic evolves, how, how we connect and with which mediums we use to, to, to connect. Um, so that leads me, it's interesting. I would love to hear about some of those traditions and, and rituals that, that you have decided to keep on during this, you know, as you know, I'm writing this new book on rituals and how rituals make us feel more psychologically safe. They give us a sense of belonging. And one of the things I have found in my conversations and curious, you know, your take on this, that when we are able to maintain some of the rituals we had before the pandemic, it is giving people this sense of hope and, and a connection to purpose and we are going to be okay. So can you talk about some of the, the rituals that do something that, that have sort of stood the test of time? Maybe there are some new ones, you know, would love to hear how that is happening. So uh, two that come to mind immediately. Uh, one is our weekly penguin. So every week at staff meeting, um, the staff member who received the penguin from the week before gets to give it to any staff member they want. And it's for someone who is like epitomizing the do something culture. They've done a great job that week. And they typically get um, 
uh, stories from their coworkers, and it's always a surprise. It's always, you know, this person, you know, their boss said they were wonderful and magical. And, uh, you know, a new, a relatively new employee got the penguin last week and she slapped me and she said, you know what, this is going to get me through the pandemic. This is so meaningful and so kind. And I have all those wonderful thoughts from my coworkers and it's going to get me through. And so I think the penguin, oh, and then the person who got the penguin gets to decide on the um, power hour theme for the coming Friday. Uh, we always play music in the office. And so we've kept the power hour theme, whether it be, you know, honoring inspiring women or like mid nineties rap. Uh, the person who gets the penguin gets to pick the power hour theme. And then we create a Spotify playlist with all the songs that the whole staff enters. And so I think that keeping that has, has been great. And it's a, another thing that sort of gets people through this, um, you know, this crazy time. I, lo I love that. So the penguin gets given out on, on Wednesday. And what did that new coworker do to um, have that person give him or her the, the penguin? Well, you know what? She actually um, stepped up by switching teams. So she is on our business development team and we just had less work right now because, you know, companies are uh, pausing some things. And so the marketing team said, we need you. We need you on talent. We need you on relationships. We need you on new partner outreach. And she said, awesome. And so now she's splitting her time, you know, 20 hours a week on that new team, fitting right in, locking partners. And, um, you know, she just did a great job because it was the thing the organization needed right now. There are two things I love about that. Number one, when you're able to share that story and everybody else on the team hears that, it it automatically gives them the sense, you know what, I, I need to think about being flexible for me. And you never know, I could have to step up in that way. I also think that from a, from a professional development standpoint, what a huge opportunity for that new employee that to say, well, I'm, I'm learning business development, I'm learning marketing and, and to, and to be recognized on, on top of it. So I think for people listening that are trying to figure out ways to keep people feeling connected to each other as a team, but also connected to the purpose of, of what you do for a living and rising to the occasion, you know, rituals are amazing tools for that. So, so I love it. So where is the physical penguin must be sitting in the office by himself right now? The physical penguin is in the office by himself, sadly. We do not mail it around every week, um, but I think it is just as meaningful. So it's good. 100, 100%. I was going to say it's, the penguin is in the office and you'll all reunite when everybody gets to get yeah. to go back to the office. So, so I love that. So I want to talk a little bit about just the, the do something business and, and how connected you are as an organization to, to purpose. Are there campaigns that new campaigns that have come out of COVID-19 and would love for you to talk to the listeners about you know, what you were doing to, to motivate young people around these causes. Yeah. So one of the first things we did, actually the team at Do Something Strategic did, which was so smart, is they started a weekly poll of three to 5,000 young people every week just to get insights in how young people are feeling, what they're doing, how it changes week over week. So week one, you know, in the pandemic, how they're feeling, five weeks in, you know, what are the words they use the most? Um, frustrated, by the way, is the word that young people use the most, no surprise. Um, but Interestingly enough, the very, from the very beginning of the, the pandemic, the number one concern for young people was senior citizens, their own grandparents, other people's health, what could they do? 
Um, and so the campaigns team super smartly launched a brand new campaign called Senior Homies, um, which is all about calling your own grandparents, a senior you know, or get in touch with a random senior center and have a conversation. It could be via Zoom, it could be via phone um, with a senior to fend off isolation. And so it gives these seniors a relationship, but also you learn stories. And so we ask them to swap stories and then report back on what are the stories that they swapped with the senior. Um, and it was just super, I think there's been a lot of media that talks about how Gen Z is in social distancing or they don't care about this. Um, and we have not found that, you know, we've found, you know, 92% of Gen Z think this pandemic is very serious and they take it seriously. Um, and most of them wanted to help out. And so it was very cool to see them help out on this first campaign. It was all about, you know, helping older adults. I love that. And as, as we've seen, I mean, loneliness is a huge, huge health issue today. And so for people and, and what I love about many of your campaigns, I mean, you don't, like you say, you don't need a car. You don't have to, it doesn't cost anything that, that if people want to give back and there's actually a, and I'm sure you've seen this data, a lot of, there's a huge correlation between when one is able to give back, that really impacts their own loneliness and how they themselves are feeling. And so I think that's great. And I hope all the all the listeners here, if you have kids that age, tell everybody to check out, do something and, and see how your kids can start doing something. I've loved hearing about, you know, I always love hearing about do something and, and your campaigns and you as a leader and, and how you're you're functioning during this time. But as a final question, before we get into just some fun lightning round quickies, what what do you do as a person that makes you feel most like you? <laughs> the thing I do, this is very lame. The thing I do as a person that makes me feel most like me, when I think of myself, I think of myself as outspoken, uh, social justice oriented and um, very numerical, uh, very interested in facts and data. So truly the thing that makes me feel like the most myself is when I read an article in the New York Times or New York Magazine or somewhere else that's based on social justice. And then unfortunately I spam all my friends uh, with the latest stats and data that have come out about inequality or social justice or what the government should be doing. Um, because I see that as, as my role. I'm the person who I, I want to shine a light on the injustices that are going on, but I want to do so in a way that's not fantastical, that's actually focused on the facts and the data. And my friends both, um, they both roll their eyes uh, and they also come to me when there's, uh, you know, something going on. Aria, what do you think about this? Like, oh, you know, who should we vote for in the AG's race? You know, whatever it is. So um, that's sort of my role in my, uh, in my friend group. I love that. And are you finding the time during the pandemic to to do to continue to do some of that? Oh yeah, there's still there's still time. I, I've definitely become one of those people. My husband and I instituted a rule: no COVID reading after 9 p.m. And we're okay at it. <laughs> we're not great, but uh, probably at the expense of looking after my children, I do uh, sneak some time on the New York Times app or uh, in my Twitter feed during the day. So uh, I'm get, I'm getting some time to do it. 
I love it. Well, when I was getting ready for the podcast and reading some articles about you, it said even when you were really young, if you were to say two things that described you, you know, it was that you loved math and helping people. So clearly that has stuck and, and wow, are you in the right job for you? And I think the world is, is, you know, appreciates it because you've, you know, just had such a big impact on so many people and, and so many so many really, really important issues. So, so thank you for that. I love hearing how people answer that question. All right. So let's get into some quick lightning round questions um, before you get back to, back to work and, and juggling everything that you're juggling at home. So number one, what's a more creative time for you, midnight or 6 a.m.? Midnight, absolutely. Wow. Guilty pleasure, sweet or savory? I am a sweet fanatic. We have had homemade sweets every single day of the past eight weeks. Oh my gosh. And who's making them? Me. <laughs> wow. What's your go-to? Uh, last night was homemade brownies with homemade frosting with um, salt on top. Wow. Well, no. so no wonder you got to do the steps during the day to counterbalance the brownies at night. Now I'm. it's all coming together. All right. What would be your go-to song to, to sing to at karaoke? Uh, it would have to be something super, well, uh, let's, let's go Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk. Why not? Okay. I love that. Um, last show binged on Netflix. Huh. I haven't had a lot of TV time in, in the pandemic. Uh, last show binged on Netflix. Well, I'm going to change my answer and just say every Sunday night at nine, MJ's last dance. I mean, I was a kid of the nineties watching the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I'm obsessed. So uh, last dance. No, me too. That's my, it's become my new Sunday night ritual with, with my, with my son also just shows how much I, and we as a family miss sports right now. Um, oh, it's been really, so that's much. really hard. We can almost have a whole other conversation about that. And the last question, what is the first thing you'll do when you get out of quarantine? Dinner with my girlfriends, hands down, anywhere to meet them, anywhere to hug them, anywhere to gossip with them. I cannot wait. I agree with that. And I can't wait to see you for dinner. So thank you so much for being with me and sharing what's going on with you as a leader, as a human, and with what's going on at, at Do Something. I, will, uh, I look forward to seeing you in person one day soon. Oh, me too, Erica. Me too. Thanks so much, Aria. Thank you for tuning in to this last episode of Left to Our Own Devices and for being a part of season one, the quarantine edition. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We will be back in October with season two, which is all about rituals. My book, Rituals Roadmap, The Human Way to Transform Everyday Routines into Workplace Magic, comes out in January 2021. And I'm excited to share what I've learned about rituals and hear from leaders and experts that I interviewed for the book. Many people have told me that they were leaning even more on their rituals, personal and professional, more than ever these days. It's going to be a great season and I really am looking forward to it. And finally, if you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN, H-U-M-A-N, to 66866, or you can connect with me anytime by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I will see you soon.